Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. everybody rev here this friday we have got another episode drop for you this time from the folks over at ain't slayed nobody ain't slayed nobody is a call of cthulhu actual play it is beautifully done they just finished up their first season i have had the chance to work on a couple of different projects with cup who is their gm Uh, he is a great guy and the whole crew over there is really phenomenal You know, I would go into more detail, but Cup actually recorded a special intro to go with this episode for all of you. Uh, So I hope that you enjoy this first episode of Ain't Slayed Nobody. Howdy, Crit Crew, and welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. We are a comedy horror actual play podcast in the American Old West. Huge thanks to Rev and The Crit Show for inviting us to do this episode sharing. I am so excited to introduce our fans to The Crit Show. Rev was one of, if not the first, podcaster to reach out to me after the show began, and he's been an infinite source of wisdom and helpfulness ever since, so I'm thrilled to do this. Now, I will start with content warnings for this episode, which include violence and profane language. And since we've completed season one, it's 21 episodes about 27 hours in total of content. I will also warn you before you become fully invested that we have drug use, body horror, and animals and children in peril later on in the season. What you're about to hear is our very first episode, which includes character introductions for the first 10 minutes. We play Call of Cthulhu by Chaosium in the Down Darker Trails setting. This is a custom campaign that we wrote called Y'all of Cthulhu. Production quality is important to us, and it does improve as the season continues, but I think this first episode holds up pretty well. Our excellent cast this season includes Alex McDaniel, Chuck, Brandon Wainerdy, Jay Arnold, and Wes Davis. We have a vibrant Discord community at slade.me discord, if you'd like to chat with us and the posse after listening. 
I am Cuppy Cup, your keeper of arcane lore. Saddle up and enjoy the episode. Would you look at that sunset? How could anyone ask for a better place to be than Canateo? Go west, and you're smack dab against the Rio Grande. Turn around, you've got mountains cutting the sky in half. Now folks here are up to their usual business, which is to say, unusual of late. Not just thievery and depravity either. The strangers that recently paddled down to Canateo from the north, they're fleeing. Something. Their stories are starting to make everyone here more skittish than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Say, you ever heard of a, uh, <laughs> ah, hell, those tumbleweeds are best left to themselves. The fine Texans here have other personal matters at hand. You see, three years ago, back in 1888, old Sheriff Bishop got cut down by Colin Brock, the most vicious cowboy in West Texas. Now Bishop's daughter Ellie, the new deputy sheriff, she is a pistol. She got one of Brock's old gangmates to turn on his crew, and there's fixin' to be a hangin' in the morning. Now if someone let on to Brock about what's happening, I'd bet he is stirring up some kind of shit. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. I am Cuppy Cup, your keeper of arcane lore. If you have no idea what the hell that means, I run the game like a dungeon master in D&D. The game is Call of Cthulhu, a spooky tabletop RPG by Chaosium Inc. And our setting is Down Darker Trails in the Wild West. But we aren't planning to spoil those scenarios for you if you're planning on playing them later. You don't need to know how to play this game at all, and you don't need to play RPGs to enjoy the show. You'll be able to follow our narrative and maybe even grow an affinity for our brand of humor. So stick with us for a few episodes and and see how you like it. My deputy keeper, Will Bazer, helps me create this world, but the story is really up to the players and the dice. Let's meet those players now, and the investigators they will be portraying. Deputy Sheriff Ellie Bishop has raised a posse to execute a man associated with her father's suspected killer. Our investigators stand around a wooden desk 
inside the sheriff's office in Canateo, Texas. A cluster of wanted posters fills out the wall next to the desk, and one of those posters belongs to Maxwell Posey, that prisoner who is leaning against the bars in the jail cell behind Ellie. Come on, let me out of here, Ellie. Another wanted poster belongs to Lance Kilkenny, the man standing directly next to Ellie. Lance, you turned in Maxwell. You see, Wells Fargo, the stage delivery company, offered a $150 bounty on any member of Colin Brock's gang. The company didn't care who or how, so long as bandits who interfered with the business of transporting money, jewels, and bullion were punished. So Lance is a bit of a turncoat. Well, I wouldn't say I was a turncoat so much as I turned my coat just to get some more money out of it. (laughs) That's Jay Arnold playing Lance in our adventure. Jay, can you tell us a little more about Lance? Uh, He is an outlaw from Donegal, Ireland. With him being in the West for quite a while, some of his accent's gone away, but he, every once in a while, you'll still get it, uh, when it when he gets excited, when he gets to talking fast. He, he looks like he'd be lanky, but he's not actually lanky. Uh, he's got dark hair, green eyes. Looks, uh, looks pretty cute, if I do say so myself. How cute is he? Your appearance score is not that high. <laughs> so he has cauliflower ear, which I think makes him cuter. <laughs> which makes you the only one. As far as his personality, he's a quiet, careful kind of guy. He can be loyal to his friends, but can also be quick-tempered at times. One thing they see immediately is he's got those uh, two tied-down pistols. Across the table from Lance, a stern-looking man wearing a priest's collar seems preoccupied by something else. Brandon Wainerdy, you're playing this man. Tell us more. I am not Brandon. I am Father Flint Westwater, man of God, 45 years old, born in Chicago, Illinois, lives in Missoula, Montana. What I do is I go from town to town, sleep with their women, steal their money, and move on to the next parish. So I am not necessarily the best man of God you've ever met. You're Joel Olstein. I, I am the West's Joel Osteen. so hopefully there's no hurricane and I think we will all be okay. There's another man here, but he's wandered away from the desk. He appears to be wearing a pickaxe on his back, and he's dressed like he's about to go mining. Wes Davis, this is your character. What's going on here with your guy? I think you're talking to Jeremiah Fensworth, you are. I'm, uh... I'm from Ketchum, Idaho, and uh, I just kind of got no mannequin wound up in this town. You know, uh, my grandpappy gave me this axe, and you're going to have to pry it from a cold, dead hand. I'm six foot five, but I look like I'm six feet because I've been hunched over in their mines all them years. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, life doesn't give you a damn thing. You just have to dig, scratch, and claw for anything you want. I uh, keep a six-shooter to guard me gold, and uh, you know what? I'll uh, fucking shoot you. <laughs> Wonderful. Wes, that's so good. Thank you. Next to Father Flint Westwater, across from Ellie, is a little fella named Johnny Rhodes. He looks like he was dragged in here through the dirt. Tell us more about Johnny. 
Hey everybody, my name is Chuck. I will be playing the character of Johnny Rhodes. His occupation is Hobo Drifter, and he is something of a mystery. He just showed up without much more than just his name and the shirt on his back. He's been doing odd jobs around town just to scrape together a little scratch. He's pretty aloof. Uh, he doesn't really talk about his past. Johnny, he's wearing clothes that would be considered nice if they weren't so <laughs> sort of dingy and gross. He wears a white button-down shirt with his sleeves rolled up. Uh, he's got a gray pinstripe vest on over that and matching pants. He's got a brown bowler hat, but it's, it's faded and it's sweat-stained. He currently lives his life by the motto that the lion only eats the slowest gazelle. Does Johnny have an accent? Uh, yeah, I'm really just going to be playing Johnny with a, my normal speaking voice, but, you know, just, just a little bit more Texas drawl on it. All right. Thank you, Chuck. That was very good. We still need to meet Ellie. Alex McDaniel, you're playing Ellie. What can you say about her? Uh, I am playing Ellie Bishop, who is a sheriff's deputy. I'm sorry, I was born in Texas and raised in the South, but I have no Southern accent, but I'll work on it. Um, she's a charming, very focused, very guarded woman, completely driven by a need to protect those around her, people who need it most. She believes in loyalty above all else, loyalty to her job and her beliefs, so it makes it hard for her to see the world as anything but good or evil. She's driven by the fact that her late father was the town sheriff and his unsolved murder is what pushed her to follow in his footsteps. And she carries around her dad's pocket watch with her to remind her of that. She's aggressive and skeptical and stubborn, um, pretty sassy. I would say like five, five, you know, you know, she's cute, but she's like, she, she also wants respect, so. Yeah, she's Ellie. She's Lance Kilkenny cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the most fascinating thing that I gleaned from all the introductions is that our six foot five minor Jeremiah and what was it, five foot five Ellie Bishop are the same size on the characteristics. <laughs> Don't body shame me. <laughs> so that's that's quite a hunch you've got there, Jeremiah. It'll get confusing when we roll for size eventually. It's 8 a.m. sharp on July 12, 1891, and it's hotter than hell in half of Mexico. Six figures stand on the Canatillo Railroad Bridge, 30 feet above the Rio Grande. A mustached man in dusty, tattered clothing shuffles on the ballast near the southern edge of the bridge. His hands are bound behind his back, and a rope encircles his neck. Directly behind this prisoner, offset to his right, stands Ellie Bishop, wearing a beat-up deputy badge. She takes her stance across two railroad ties and studies the prisoner. Five paces to her right, a leery fella, Lance Kilkenny, looks out of place. Two more men, Johnny and Jeremiah, are posted on either side, about 20 yards away from the tied-up fella. They appear to be guarding the bridge. Being as these men look more ragged than a dog's left ear, 
it's strange to find them here. Deputy Bishop then nods to a priest on her left, and he administers the last rites. You are damned, but the Lord looks upon you as you deliver your final breaths. Be gone from this earth. Those are some dark final rites. <laughs> I'm a, a very specific denomination. <laughs> The prisoner, a fella y'all know as Maxwell Posey, speaks. Oi, let's just get this over with. And Ellie, you have, you're kind of keeping a grip on this prisoner. Miss Ellie, if it's all the same to you, I'd just soon get this on with. So Johnny yells <laughs> from 20 yards away. <laughs> Did I not project enough? Let me stand back and yell. <laughs> Miss Ellie, I'd just soon get this on with. Uh, I'd like to ask that law lady a question. Is that all right? That's okay. No no role needed. Hey, Eric, <laughs> um, real quick. Um, you want to just get this over with? I'll just shoot that guy right in the head. No, that's too easy. All right. Have it your way. And I'll remind you that the prisoner already has a noose around his neck, which is tied to the rail, so... You might want to save your ammunition. We're all kind of deferring to the uh, authority. I'm not the one actually doing it, right? Like, I have my crew who can take care of it. Oh, uh, no, no, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Reckon if you want to carry out a sentence, you might as well do it yourself. What's that uh, Game of Thrones quote? Uh, the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. M- Miss Ellie, if you ain't got the stomach for it, I'd be, I'd be obliged. What's Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> The prisoner's a bit confused, to be honest, as y'all yell back and forth about what's about to happen. He's going to say what he assumes are going to be last words. Y'all fixing to kill me unarmed like a dog, and I should have gone down fighting. As for the yellow belly who turned me over. He looks at Lance over his right shoulder, then turns back and spits. (sighs) And Brock, the redeemed family man up north. Well, I hope I see you both in hell. Now let's hurry this up. So Johnny comes on down from his post over to where this guy is. And uh, he takes a he takes an old rusted knife out and sticks it in the guy's belt. And he says, there, now you ain't unarmed anymore. So Maxwell, he feels that knife. Even though it's a small knife, he gets he stick like, it in. Right. <laughs> he didn't like shove it in his gut. He just sticks it in his belt like. Oh, let's run that back. I thought you stuck it in his <laughs> no, belly. At no, the belt. I didn't just <laughs> run up and stab. just stabbed him. I mean, I mean Jesus. <laughs> so Johnny walks over to the prisoner and, and put, puts a knife. He arms him. He puts a knife in his belt, even though his hands are bound. So he symbolically does that, leaves his sentinel post to do that I mean unless you're telling me something else soon as he's done with that he's gonna walk back to his sentinel post or are you telling me something's about to happen let's kick him off the bridge and run yeah Ellie go ahead and kick him off please what if the prisoner suddenly gets tired of the delay and jumps off himself he's considering it 
<laughs> Is being a game master that bad? <laughs> can I can I just be walking over to the to the prisoner and give him a shove off? Uh, you're you're welcome to to do that, and then I, I would appreciate your dedication to killing this guy. <laughs> I would give Ellie Ellie the option to oppose that action uh, if she wants to. I wouldn't oppose it. I think it makes sense in the chaos for somebody to <laughs> die <laughs> to, to, to just push him off already. Ellie, you look over and you see that Lance has a wild eye. Lance, how are you going to do this thing? Oh, I'm just going to give him a shove off. I'd like to whisper in his ear before, though. Yeah, go for it. The only reason I've done this is because you have no honor on you. There's nothing good about you, nor Colin, and that's why you have to die. And then I shove him. <laughs> that was too much. Jesus <laughs> So you dropped him on top of a warhead. Yeah, God God don't take too kindly to somebody taking another laugh. Yeah, I think that was thunder. I think that was lightning hitting. Uh, alternatively, it may have sounded, this is like the movie Clue. It may have sounded like this. There we oh. go. I like yeah, that so it, was a, so it was a clean, hard break of the neck as he was pushed off the bridge, and now he's just dangling there lifeless with any additional information he may have had in his brain now gone. Are you suggesting that maybe we should have investigated that further? I am simply <laughs> speculating that <laughs> in I, our role as investigators, are we maybe not doing any investigating? <laughs> we are just leaping to murder. I'm not going to recount his last words, but maybe there was something going on there. <laughs> hey, did y'all hear something when he fell? <laughs> I want to roll for necromancy. As he falls off the bridge, he's, he screams something about Colin Brock's location. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I thought you told us that Colin Brock was up north when, when he was saying his last words in the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I do think Maxwell said something to that effect. So maybe Maxwell can tell us the location that we maybe should have heard from the dead man. <laughs> Maxwell is the dead man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, job, job well done. So now what we have is a dead man uh, hanging from the railroad bridge. We have Ellie and Lance are kind of standing there. Just uh, they're pretty sure that Mac old Maxwell's dead. See, I don't like the I don't like the way you said that they're pretty sure he's dead. OK, did you want to did you want to put a bullet in him? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be trusting you. I offered to shoot him. Next, I'd like everyone to roll for listen. And when you roll for listen with the distraction of the hanging scene on the bridge and the sound of the Rio Grande rushing beneath you, everyone is going to be looking for a hard success here. So I just rolled a 74. And my numbers are 25, 12, and 5, if that makes sense. You don't hear anything. You're just... What'd you say? <laughs> I, rolled, I rolled a 100. So you failed on anything no matter what, right? Jeremiah, you hear a loud rustling sound coming from your side of the bridge. 
and you see something duck behind a tree. Ambush coming on, on our side of the bridge. Johnny is not exactly leaping to uh, set up a defensive perimeter. I tell you, man, they're coming. Father Flint, what are you doing? I am waiting for everyone to run with me because I'm already five paces ahead. <laughs> You're running toward the ambush or away from the ambush? <laughs> I'm running away from the ambush because I don't have any weapons. Okay, so Father Flint is moving toward the Texas side, the Canateo side of the bridge. I think that Johnny likes the cut of his jib and he's also, <laughs> he's going to take one look at that and go, yeah, that seems like the right move. Now I tell you what, now I heard it. I heard the damn man, boys, why don't you kill him? Let's go. Now, can I elect to do a thing or do I have to wait for you to tell me to roll for something? No, you you tell me what action you want to do and then I'll, I'll make a decision about whether there's a roll. And you tell me if this is a legit thing to do, but I would like to roll spot hidden. Okay. To see if I can tell what is coming and where. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate reaction to him screaming out uh, that there's an ambush coming. All right. That is a 39. Johnny, he kind of peers over to the the New Mexico side. and, And Johnny, keep in mind, he has great eyes and he sees nothing. He he really starts to doubt the the testimony of Jeremiah here that they're about to be ambushed. Y'all, I think that Jeremiah might be full of shit. I'll tell you what's full of shit, you! <laughs> this is the rest of the episode. <laughs> Keep in mind, we have a... No, you are! Hey, hey, you know what else is full of shit? That deer over there, man, he's leaving him. <laughs> we have... We have a drifter and a roaming miner <laughs> arguing. This is what happens when you set them up as sentinels, I think. <laughs> hey, Cup, can you describe to me this bridge that we're standing on? I'm a structural engineer. I need to hear these things. It's about 40 yards in length. It is uh, The surface is mostly consumed by the railroad sleepers and and rails, you know, just a regular old railroad. But there are metal beams on both sides. So there's a lot of space in between these beams, but we do have kind of cross beams and arches on on each side. So it does have kind of trusses up above. Exactly. Gotcha. So what's what's actually going to happen now Uh, because of all the failures that have happened up to this point. About a half mile east of the necktie social on the Canateo Bridge, on the side opposite Jeremiah's hooting and hollering, two riders appear and then vanish like ghosts. They bob in and out of the heat, rising off the Texas plain as their horses barrel through the brush. These cowboys are fixing to throw fat in the fire. Cries from the birds would have tipped off the ambush if it weren't two ticks too late. The riders draw rifles without breaking stride and take aim at Lance Kilkenny, the man in black. (laughs) There are two people who are going to be firing on you in this round, and I'm going to let them... um, fire with advantage because of the surprise attack. So they're going to be able to roll twice and if they beat their number with either 
of those rolls, they're going to be able to inflict some damage. Okay, the first rider takes aim and hits. So he has successfully Ow. <laughs> he successfully shot Lance Kilkenny. It's one D6 plus one damage. That's three. It doesn't cause a major wound, but Lance does take a shot through the thigh. You know, blood squirts out everywhere, gets on Ellie a little bit, and everyone with the rifle shots very aware that, that you are under fire now. Even Jeremiah has to acknowledge that the ambush is coming from the other side of the bridge. Hey, so uh, do I, like, subtract the hit points? Yes. Okay, so I have nine hit points now. Yeah, that's not so bad. I think I think it was more of a calf shot than a thigh shot, to be honest with you. Well, it's kind of like not through the thigh bone, like kind of off to the side. Well, you got to worry about the arteries in there. I mean, I'm not too worried about them. Okay, cool. Yeah. If it gets infected or you bleed out later, we'll just have to deal with that. Fair enough. I actually rolled for location, which is something I can do. If it was a three damage to the head, we would have had to get creative with the rifle. (laughs) Well, it would have just been, it would have popped one of my cauliflower ears. That would have been fine. The second rider also fires off a shot. He's clearly a bad shot because he's in range with a rifle and he misses the entire party. We have two riders. They're still making an approach toward the bridge. They're probably about 30 yards away at this point. This is optional in this game, but I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. So you're rolling against your dexterity, and this is going to determine the order of combat for you and the enemies. So it's just a success or not? Well, I need to know your degree of success. Tell me one more time what numbers I, what number I would want. Uh, if you want to be the first attacker, you would want to roll extreme success. Uh, hard success will go next, followed by regular success, followed by a failed roll. So, like, I have a 93. That's pretty bad. So you're probably going to go last. I got a 19, which is a hard success. Okay. I rolled a 14. Okay. So that's, uh, it's extreme success. So see dexterity 70 and then one fifth is 14. Yeah. So if you roll 14 or below 14, then that's a extreme success. Alex, what did you roll? A 62. And then Jeremiah. I rolled an 82. Ooh. Okay. I guess it's up to me. So Lance, what would you like to do? I guess I'll just uh, go ahead and take a shot. Okay. Of what? Whiskey or rum or? Because, well, uh, they only have two riders, right? Is what you said? As far as y'all can tell, there are two. Two two people shot at you. You're assuming. See, see, I I don't like the way you said as far as you can tell. (laughs) All right. So are you taking one shot with one of your pistols or see what's going to happen is if you decide to fire both you'll probably have a lower uh, accuracy I'm only going to fire one at this point they're not in range well there's a there are different levels of ranges so there's your base range for your gun and then they're a little bit further out for you than that so I'm going to need a a hard success from you to make a hit okay I guess I'll roll for it. 
So I'm I'm looking to roll a 32. Is that what it is? That's correct. It's a 21. All right. So you go ahead and describe the action of you hitting one of the riders. I level up my pistol. I aim it at the rider on the right. And I squeeze the trigger and it hits him. Where? Oh, uh, do I need to roll for location? What you can do is roll your uh, 1d8, see how much damage you do, and then use that to describe the okay. uh, the wound you've inflicted. It's a seven. I hit the, the bullet hits him right in the torso, straight out the back. Uh, the blood squirts. He leans off to the side, falling off his horse. And his, his friend kind of looks over at him, realizes his friend's been struck. I don't know if he's down and out yet, but he, he's taken a good wound. So point point of order, do we get to decide, yeah, he fell off the horse? Uh, you can describe what you what you think is appropriate, and then what I'll do is veto you when I feel like it's excessive. <laughs> oh, good. But this uh, this shot that... Uh, that Lance fired off was a, a brilliant shot, and it did. It, it struck him in the torso. He fell off his horse, and he is unconscious immediately. So you are you are now up against a, a single Shit, rider. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a devastating shot. That's what you brought me along for, wasn't it? And now the the real hero, Johnny Rhodes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> balls on your court. How- how far away are these fellows? Okay, so the one thing about the the horses is that they keep moving forward. Uh, so the the second rider, after the the one on the right uh, falls off his horse unconscious, he is trying to pull up quite a bit right now to kind of reassess. But he has gotten closer to you. He's probably within fifteen yards. So, like, how far can I move? My move rate is eight. Is that? Eight yards I can go? Moving is um, pretty liberally done in this game. Uh, You're not really doing a maneuver, right? You're just trying to move and then take an action. In theory, depending on how far I can move and what that looks like. So I think you can can move about, and you're quick, so you can move about eight to ten yards before you do something. Which is not enough to cover the distance if he's at 15. Okay, you cannot engage in melee contact with him in this round. Let's say that you could move. Okay, you can move closer and like get behind a steel beam or something if you want to. But I'm not going to let then you. Then that is a hundred percent what I am going to do. Is is there a role to hide? I'm 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 letting you take cover. This is going to be something that's pretty easy for you to do, and you're not trying to be particularly stealthy about it. You're just trying to get there and get there fast. Yeah, he, I assume he's going to see me do this. Yes. If he decides that you are the person that he wants to attack in the next round, he's going to have to do that with a, a pretty big disadvantage because you've mm-hmm. taken cover behind this um, this structure. That's where Johnny's at right now. Okay. All right. Very good. So um, there was one more person who beat me on the roll, uh, and I think it was Ellie, an actual gunfighter. Thank God for that. <laughs> Has the next option. So again, this uh, villainous man has pulled up this horse about from you, probably 20 to 25 yards away at this point, because uh, Johnny's a little closer to the situation. And um, he's he's pretty startled by what happened because he was not expecting 
his partner to get taken down by a single shot from a pistol. So can I use my 38? Yes, you are very welcome to do that. I mean, is she strapped with her rifle? Um, so if you roll for the handgun, that's going to be a regular shot. And I'm actually going to say that the rifle will do pretty well at this range as well. So you have a better chance of success with the rifle. So that might be a better bet. And this was the first thing that you did when you realized you were being fired upon is drew that rifle up and started to take aim at these gentlemen. And the other writer, he's shaken. Yeah, so you could... And like he looks back. Yeah, he's he's kind of shaken, trying to slow things up a little bit, maybe uh, kind of looking around, trying to assess whether he can find cover. But he right now is out in the open. Uh, so you could opt to to fire on him or you could fire on the unconscious man and try to finish him off. Don't you worry about him, Miss Ellie. I got him. <laughs> One of them is threatening you uh, imminently. <laughs> I'm going to fire on him and hit him in the chest. Well, you may not hit him. So go ahead and roll your uh, your percentage dice to figure out that that piece of it. 72. All right. So unfortunately, Ellie, <laughs> you uh, you have a you have a beat on this man, this rider who is a little bit stunned by what's happened. Unfortunately, when he kind of stops to pull that horse up, it really throws your aim off and you fire your gun. But the, the bullet is just nowhere near the rider. All right, so it is now the Lone Rider's move. He's going to do something. So he's he's kind of pulled up his horse here, and he's trying to figure out his odds and and whether he wants to tussle with those dual pistols of, uh, of, of Lance Kilkenny again. Before he takes his action, he shouts out to y'all, I just want the body. Cool. Perfectly normal thing to want. Yeah, we got a body over here we're willing to... I reckon we could heckle with you. Why would he want the body? What's What do you think's on the body? He's He can't hear any of this. Wait, can we yell at him? What do you want the body for? Uh, now, don't you worry about that. I just need that body. That sounds suspicious. Yeah, hey, hey real quick, uh, uh, group huddle. Are, are we giving this guy the body? Can I look at the body first? Can we look for any suspicious things before we give it over to him? It's an odd request because the body is dangling, uh, you know, like 10 feet off of the edge of this bridge. Do what you want, what you want with the body. Anybody got a knife? Reckon we could cut the rope and drop the body in the water. Then nobody gets the body. I think Maxwell has a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Can I roll to climb down? To the body to get the knife. Johnny, did you recover that knife? That was not my good knife. I was was not trying to... I was trying to say that that was just some rusty piece of shit. Because I was not giving him my good fighting knife. I just reckon one of them would be useful right now if anybody didn't strap it to a body that was about to be hanged. Yeah, this was a butter knife, basically. (laughs) That shank you fashioned out of a a comb. (laughs) Yeah, it was a sharpened toothbrush that I gave him. All right, so um, he's he just yelled that out. He's trying to figure out uh, if he wants to continue this combat or if y'all are going to give him the body. Kind of no questions asked. I want to question some asks. 
Yeah, where are y'all at on giving him this body? I feel like we flubbed one thing already, so we might as well be thorough about looking for this. Continue to flub things. <laughs> I reckon somebody wants a body They got a dark story. I'd like to ask him why he wants the body. Sheriff, what's the policy on body giving? <laughs> uh, I think we need to ask that we can kind of like recover what we missed before when we just let the guy die. <laughs> Obviously, since the guy's connected to, what's his name, Brock? Colin, Colin Brock, yes, you're Brock, Colin Brock. your mortal enemy. <laughs> what, what was that guy's name? Ain't that the guy that maybe killed her pappy? Um, I think we should ask him if he has any connection to him. Like, if you want him, then are you associated with Brock? Give us a character voice on that. <laughs> I can't do a character <laughs> voice. I really, I really can't do a character then voice. Then don't worry about it. Do your regular voice, but make sure you holler. He'll twang it and post. What do you want with the body? He's heard nothing, so he's just kind of sitting there idle on his horse 20 yards away. She, she didn't yell it enough. <laughs> yeah, no, Re- not enough hollering. he's far away, miss. <laughs> do I really have to holler? Just a little bit. What do you want with the body? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I don't, I got orders. I don't even know. Just give me the damn body. Where are you going to take the body? Oh, shit. Who are your orders from? Look, y'all ask too many damn questions. Just cut that body and let me load it up on my horse here. You want us to cut up the body? A little Saved by the Bell time out here. Kim, can we, and I'm asking the team, is there some sort of subterfuge we can engage in here where we act like we're going to give him the body and somebody gets the drop on him? I don't know what that looks like. I don't hate that. That's fun. It's a cool idea. Let's do it. I think what we'd be trying to do here is one of us makes to look like we're cutting the body down and then we draw as we're cutting. Uh, when he gets close to collect the body, we could just dangle him over the bridge as such and he could give us information. How about you How about you get off that horse, you put that gun down, you come over here and we'll get you that body. All right, so why don't you um, give me a fast talk roll? Hey, guess what I'm not awesome at? That is a 38, which is a fail. Good job. Uh, He's very skeptical of of what you're asking him to do. Hell no, I ain't getting off my horse. And he's he's stalled combat long enough now that he's essentially lost his turn. So if you are interested in re-engaging him in combat, you will have the drop on him in a sense that he will be last in the order. Hey, somebody shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> can I, can I? Let's kill him. Let's try it to kill him. It absolutely will not be me. Can I take another shot at him then? I reckon if y'all need some help, I got me a gun here. I could shoot. Good old Jeremiah. You're probably a good 35 to 40 yards away from the rider. That's fine. Jackrabbits out in the mines in Idaho were always like 50, 60 yards. <laughs> Grandpa's got a firearm. Let's just do that. And you have, uh, remind me of your weapon. I got a 45. Jeez. Hell yeah. I'm going to turn this guy's femur into mist. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness. All right. This is going to be long range for your weapon. So 
Long range for your weapon. It's just range for me. <laughs> you're going to need... Wow, your handgun skill is phenomenal. I told you I'm going to wax this fucker. <laughs> you're going to need a hard success, though. Why don't you go ahead and roll to see how you do? You was that D100? Yes. He's going to roll another 100. I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> I think his head's gone. God damn. <laughs> Uh, so why don't you describe what happened to our... Oh, you're going to need to roll your damage first. I believe he said femur into mist. <laughs> so damage is the D8? Uh, for you, it's a D10 plus oh. 2. Oh, my bad. A D10 plus 2 is sick. All right, well, I rolled a 10. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, his head's gone. All right, why don't, you, why don't you describe what happened and be aggressive? You gave him a lead salad. After I watched my whole party kind of do half-ass, I decided to pull weapons since I was getting paid a fair day salary. I thought I might help out. So I drew down on him and shot him in the leg, blowing him clean off his horse. He cartwheeled down the hill, lands right next to the body. <clears throat> He's still alive, though. At first glance, Jeremiah believes the rider is alive, but he's very dead. No, he's alive. I told you. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so dead. He's very much alive and cognizant. Hey, it's uh, it's Ernst Kilkenny checking in here. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. But didn't Cup say the other guy was still alive there? Just unconscious. Uh, he is unconscious. Yeah. Yes. Maybe maybe we just hold on to that body for a little bit then. Are you suggesting that maybe we should investigate something at some point? I, I'm thinking that maybe something we ought to do. The the characters are called investigators and not like bloodthirsty murderers, right? <laughs> yes. So there is one very dead former rider. Lots of lots of lots of femur mist going around over there. <laughs> <laughs> there is one this this is possibly the most unsuccessful ambush of all time. <laughs> I think General George Custer might have something to say about that. Uh I would like to go investigate our unconscious friend over there. Okay. And I'd like to investigate the body. I'd like to investigate the body as well, see what's so interesting about it. When you say the body, we have racked up a count. Which one are y'all referring to? I, I, I'm talking about Maxwell. I'd also like to get the knife back for Johnny, if at all possible. Much obliged. I am going to go over to the unconscious gentleman. Can I confirm he's definitely unconscious and not about to, like, leap up and grab me by the throat? Or do we need to put a bullet in this guy, too? Poke him with a stick. Can we tie him up? Let's so tie him up. He, I like that. Yeah. Because we need information out of him. So. Does anybody have a rope that. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're about to pull that body up. Can we use yeah. that rope? I reckon that's a long one. Why don't you, uh, Ellie, why don't you roll for luck? Okay. 11. That's very strong. You have a luck of 65. So, uh, lucky for you and your fellow investigators. Uh, when you when you tied up Maxwell Posey's hands, you used a length of cord, but you have a bunch of leftover cord to do w whatever you'd like with. Yeah, let's tie this bad boy up. All right, that's easy enough for... Do I need to roll not tying? Oh, the five of you to tie up an unconscious man, it's going to be something that you're capable of doing. All right, then I want to rummage through his pockets. 
after he's tied up. So he's back. Yes, he's, very much after he's tied up. He's now bound at what the ankles and wrists. No, we 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 hog tied him. Hell so yeah. Bound at the ankles and wrists, but then they're tied to each other behind his back. Can we put him up on like some sticks and like dangle him like in cartoons? Like like where Ewoks. <laughs> He's just tied up normally. Okay. If there's a normal way to do some that. Some Lord of the Fly shit over here. Why don't you roll spot hidden for me? That's a ninety four. I didn't find jack shit. I couldn't find his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> But this guy's not wearing pants as far as I can tell y'all. You look back to your fellow investigators and inform them that you believe the pockets are sewn shut. <laughs> <laughs> I wasted my good rolls. We wasted the good surprise on on your shitty crit fail. Well, you know your your two handgun rolls were were pretty handy as a as a team. <laughs> All right, so that was a unsuccessful aspect of the investigation. Anything else we you'd like to do? We are the worst investigator. Can someone else? <laughs> can someone else investigate, or are we tapped out on investigating that aspect? No, you can. You can all kind of poke around. I mean, there's not a lot of time pressure, as far as you can tell. There's no more ambushes. See, yeah, you keep coming in with that. As far as you can tell, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know which one of you has first aid because I, I heard one of you give some points to it earlier. In the in the game. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. He, Johnny drops his first aid kit. I just dropped it in the river. If you're willing to give me half your day's pay, I'm, I'll patch that wound up for you. I'll be honest with you, Jeremiah. Yep, called an ambush from the absolute wrong side of the bridge. I don't want <laughs> you anywhere near me. Yeah, but the thing is, is I like uh, blew the guy in half. This does seem like it was your fault. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I'll go. I'll come patch you up for nothing. The other thing is, I, I think I still have femur mist on me. <laughs> I just reckon, reckon in the mines, people be falling down and getting all scuffed up and nothing. I done sewed up a couple of stumps for people uh, and satisfactorily <laughs> attached and affixed twigs and uh, various branches on so they could be bipedal again. <laughs> I got no no proper medical training, but my grandpappy gave me a book when I was young called You Have a Body, and it showed it. <laughs> Reckon I have a knack for it, though. The creepy thing is that with Cup, I'm sure that this is exactly how he expected this to go. Here's what I worry about. Cup had said that the ambush did come from the Texas side of the border, did come from the town that would be the nearest town to go get first aid. As much as I'd love to go back to Canateo, I'm afraid the only option I have for my first aid is to rely on old Jeremiah over there. Yeah, it's a good decision right here around the field. I can take care of it for you. All right, so let's see if this thing's about to get infected. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I got to spit on this here needle to disinfect it. I hope that you roll 100 and his leg falls off. All right, here we go. I'm rolling one. I got a 73. <laughs> Which is fine because okay. you're 80. I'm 80. Okay. Yeah, I know. It just makes me laugh because I keep rolling these fucking. So describe the first aid you've applied. The only thing you're good at is murder. <laughs> <laughs> Reckon one time I found myself with some natives walking down from Dakotas and uh, 
We we was ambushed and uh, uh, the blood mist I took and made a paste out of with some dirt powder and rubbed it on the wounds and it helped. <laughs> Which helps Lance recover one of his hit points. You feel better, big guy. Ooh. <laughs> no, I I feel I feel a little bit better. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have no idea what that paste was you made, but some homeopathic medicine. Here. I, I told you I done had a knack for it. I feel like it's very important that somebody discovers something about what's going on. I failed miserably at it. Are there saddlebags that we could go through on the horses? Yes, that's right. On the remaining horse, there are saddlebags. One of the horses really got startled by that that last brutal murder and, and ran off. And one horse is just kind of idling, uh, walking around the murder scene. I'm calling it murder, but perhaps it's justified. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a spot hidden. So go ahead and and make a roll. When it's a double zero plus a number, is it just? It's a single digit number. <laughs> so I have three. Three. Wow, that's an extreme success. Um, so she had the uh, ingenious idea to look through the saddlebags on the horse, and she finds all kinds of fun things, some uh, provisions, some jerky and water, which, uh, to be honest, the Texas sun beating down on all of you, it's, uh, it's a welcome sight. More importantly than that, she finds what appears to be a crudely drawn map. And it looks to Ellie like... The map has the Rio Grande drawn in, so that approximate kind of snake-like shape of the Rio Grande. And there's a pretty clear marking for the origin point and the destination. She immediately recognizes the destination based on its proximity to the Rio Grande as being Canateo. And the best she can tell, and of course you can all look at the map, but it looks like um, the origin is somewhere in the northwest in New Mexico. Johnny says, oh, awesome, found some water. And then he walks down to the Rio Grande River right below the bridge and fills up his, <laughs> his canteen. <laughs> he, dumps, he dumps out the canteen of fresh water you found. We're about to play Sims for 20 minutes with these characters. <laughs> no, his was already empty. All right, so now investigators you have we got a map a dead body <laughs> we, don't, we don't have two dead bodies um one unconscious body with a major wound no but like we have the the thigh mist body and the hanging body oh right? you, there's the hanging body i i mean you could do something with that if you'd like i'd like to investigate that how how are you gonna do that well i'm gonna pull the rope back up i'll help thanks uh Jeremiah. No, this is the father of men of God. Thanks, Flint. <laughs> Who would like to do a thing? <laughs> I would like to do something besides drink whiskey over here. So Father Flint and uh, and Lance Kilkenny mosey over to the railroad bridge with the uh, ambition of pulling up the corpse of Maxwell Posey. Why don't you both roll for strength for me? Uh, God, 29. 15. Oh, wow. So you, the two of you effortlessly, almost in just one tug uh, together, pull the corpse of Maxwell Posey back onto the railroad bridge where he is strewn about lifelessly. That ain't the first time you've done that, is it, boys? 
What? Finish something in one tug? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay. Dinner is served. Uh, Johnny collects that old butter knife. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you do that without a roll. Okay, uh, but we wanna we wanna take a look at the body to figure out why uh, the other guy wanted it, right? What are you looking for? Are you searching pockets or? I don't know. Like, I kind of want to just cut him open and see if there's anything freaky we should know about. Ted Bundy used to do that. <laughs> Did you say cut him open? I don't want to blow right past that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is supposed to be like spooky, right? We got to get spooky at some point. <laughs> Are you saying this in character? Hey, our lives are supposed to be spooky, right? The spookiness might be a slow burn. So yeah, I'll just I'll just be searching the pockets then. I'm not even gonna make you roll for searching the pockets. Uh, <laughs> you uh, as Wait, but oh, I what? had to. <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> well, the reason why is that uh, this is not Ellie's first rodeo, and she had already emptied this man's pockets. This is oh, actually the clothing was actually provided by Ellie uh, to the prisoner, and there's there's nothing of interest in in the pockets or um, in any of the clothing. Well, well let's cut him open. <laughs> they used to put kids like you in special schools where I'm from. That's why. I, that's why I'm a priest. What would I need to do to try and wake up the unconscious guy? It's not going to be something you're able to do at the moment. He's making constitution rolls to see if he's going to live. <laughs> uh, but it's, should we all just wait? <laughs> And see how that goes. I will. I will say you could you could apply medicine or first aid if you'd like. Well, Jeremiah, you worked out well for me. Go ahead and give it a shot. I reckon I've done some necromancy in my time. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I'm supposed to allow this, but I would allow Jeremiah to apply first aid if that's what you want to do as a party. <laughs> I very much want that to happen. Okay, I'm, I reckon I'll come over and fix you. I'm gonna roll. I'm rolling the D100. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, it looks like a 28 right there. So it's a hard success. So you are going to be able to apply enough first aid to kind of get him in this this hazy state. Why don't you describe the first aid you've applied? I did that thing from Karate Kid where Mr. Miyagi claps his hands and rubs them together real good and then applies it. Very good. And this is just enough to kind of jar this man out of unconsciousness temporarily. And he is looking up at Jeremiah like he's an angel from heaven. Do we have anybody who is good at fast talk? I have a 12. Is that good? It doesn't seem like it is. that, That feels bad. You are the best. Johnny. I am? God, we're bad at that. All right. I would like to interrogate this guy to see if I can find out why they wanted that body. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna let you try to fast talk this guy. All right. Let me roll first, and then I'll tell you what exactly I say. <laughs> that is a 32, Ooh. which is a failure. For you? I I have you at 35. Is that wrong? Oh, that's a 35. I'm sorry. I thought it said 25. Yeah, no. So that's a total success. Hey, man, listen here. Uh, no no hard feelings, nothing. We we can get you back to Cantia. We get you patched up and everything. I mean, I mean, sure, we'll, you probably have some, some legal issues, but, you know, 
We'll get you patched up. You're gonna live. I just, I just need to know why you guys needed this body. Take it to Olvido. To to Elvido. Need his body. You're gonna take the body to Elvido. <coughs> Where's that? Where's that at? In Olvido. I know. I understand. But what wh- what were you gonna do with it? Gotta <coughs> take a look. Take a look in Elvido. <coughs> All right, boys. I think we need to to go to Elvito, Elvito, Olvido. Hey, hey, did that start with an E or an O? <laughs> oh, I think I think this boy's bleeding out. <laughs> oh. Wait, is he saying oh as if he's hurt or? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Saying, oh God, oh, yes. Oh, you're so correct. <laughs> okay, Ol Olvido. Uh. All right, friend, we'll get you right as rain. <coughs> and he dies immediately. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. The first aid applied by Jeremiah was just enough hey, Flint, to have a Flint, last can you, can you get over here and apply your last rites or whatever you do? Yes. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're going to old video. <laughs> I want to see if this guy's got a gun on him. Yeah, he fired that thing at you. He doesn't need it anymore. You're taking his rifle? Reckon you ought to arm yourself. I mean, I'm terrible at it, but... Let me tell you a little bit about the rifle you've acquired. It's a 22 bolt-action rifle. I'm sorry, that's not very good. Weak sauce. Brandon, you can have one, too, from the other dead guy. Same rifle. It's better than my fists. I say let's hit the road. Let's let's get to it. Let's get to Canatillo uh, or Olvido? Oh, Olvido. And we have no idea how far Olvido is, right? Let me do this. I feel like Johnny and Jeremiah are the most likely to feel like they would understand what's going on in New Mexico territory. So why don't the two of you make an education roll for me? I rolled a 29. I rolled a 97. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeremiah is very animated. He starts to tell you, Johnny, that Elvito's in southern Mexico and that that y'all need to make haste. And I say bullshit because I rolled a 29 (laughs) and I know some things. And with a a hard success, I know exactly how close it is, right? Uh, you you have a pretty good sense. <laughs> you know, you know that if you follow the Rio Grande North, that you're gonna run up against Olvido in a couple days. Okay, I'm gonna relay that information to the to the team here. Yeah, why don't you do that? It's a good idea. Y'all, I know Canatillo's about ten miles back up the road, but this Olvido, I heard of that place and. I think if we, we ride a couple days upriver, we're going to stumble across it. I'm fine with that. I think you're an idiot. I feel like we are frequently deferring to Ellie on what to do. Yeah, I, I think that's a good I think that that's a pretty in, good in this case, Johnny is clearly saying this to Ellie. Ellie, why don't you make a law roll? 82. You thought 
maybe once you got a town name that you might know someone who was kind of working the law there, maybe local deputy, but you've got nothing for <laughs> Olvido. You've never heard of this place. So you're really just trying to figure out if you're trusting Johnny, if you if you feel like the party's got to go regroup in Canateo, or if you just want to hit the highway and start looking for Colin. So we've all got to stay together, right? It's a good idea yeah. to stay together, especially across long distances. Mm-hmm. Um, I might ask each of you kind of what your motivation is to go to Olvido, if that's what you end up deciding to do as a group. Yours is obvious. Wait, whose is obvious? Ellie's been searching for Colin Brock yeah. for three oh, years yeah. to bring him justice. <laughs> right. And now, now, now she's got a pretty good indication that he's in Olvido. And I'm sticking with Ellie because I hate every last member of that gang that I used to be a part of. I reckon she paid me for an honest day's work, and if we actually come across a man and killed her pappy, I'd, I'd like to help. Johnny, he's actually very intrigued by these people wanting to take that body. And Father Flint is really not welcome in uh, any town, so he's willing to go <laughs> to a, a new town and try to see if he can scrounge up some money and some new parishioners. So let's give it a go. I'm going to say you had three horses tied up at the scene. Um, the you Johnny and Johnny walked right. You Johnny just kind of materialized. No one knows exactly how you got there. Uh, <laughs> I, no, that's fine. I'm comfortable. With and, that. and Jeremiah <laughs> just hopped on the back of Lance's horse, so they they rode in together. So you had three horses, but of course there is that horse just kind of uh, wandering around in circles, wondering why its rider was. Um, burst to pieces. Johnny is making a move for that horse. Okay. So, Ellie, you have your horse. Your your trusty horse is there. Father, you rode in on a horse as well. Um, awesome. And uh, Lance, you also have a horse. Jeremiah, I don't know if you have any interest in the horse Johnny's going after. I, I pose because of the map, and I pose because I want a pony. That's that. I, that's fine. Yeah. Are you are you opposing physically, or do you want to have like a a battle to see who can break this horse? <laughs> <laughs> Is this Black Beauty? What are what are we doing? We're just gonna we're gonna make five percent animal handling rolls until someone succeeds. <laughs> reckon reckon I'm gonna challenge you to breaking this horse down. And whoever, we gonna call it, and whoever it comes to, it loves. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, so so instead of animal handling... I think that's fair to the animal. <laughs> um, I'm actually... I'm sorry for this, Johnny, but I'm gonna ask you to persuade this horse. Instead <laughs> persuade of, it. Instead of using animal handling. Why don't you sweet talk it like you did that unconscious man over there who's dead and hog died. <laughs> I'm gonna say hey, hey, hey little fella, come on over here. <laughs> roll for this. That's a 56. <laughs> Alright, Jeremiah, give me a give me a roll. I got it. I got an 11. 11, okay. So Jeremiah, uh, sweet, how do you sweet talk this horse? Hey, hey horse. Uh, you know, if you come over to me, I'll let you choose your name. 
through a series of nods. I will respect you as a as a fellow creature on this earth, and then I will give you various vegetables. What do you think about that? If you agree, why don't you come over here and give me a nudge on the chin? So, so the the horse the horse straight away just walks directly toward Jeremiah and and plants a big kiss on his face. All right, so Jeremiah has a horse. Johnny, you are drifting literally through this world. Wait, you said I materialized here as soon as they start to ride off. I just sort of phase out of existence and I keep reappearing on the horizon. <laughs> it's like a, a race car game when you go too far off the track. You just yeah, I'm blue. I'm the blue shell. <laughs> yes, you just appear back on the track miraculously. <laughs> so you could, Johnny, request to ride like a tandem horse with uh, one of these other riders. Well, I think the only one I'm going to ask is Ellie because I hate everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ellie, I won't make you roll for it or anything. I'll just give you the decision of whether you want to let uh, <laughs> let Johnny ride along. Yeah, come on. All right. Good. Thank you, Miss Ellie. <laughs> Which is very generous because Johnny um, has not bathed in probably a couple of weeks. But I am slight of frame. That's true. That is helpful. I'm not taking a lot of space. And you are, if I'm not mistaken, the most attractive member of the party. That is alarming. <laughs> is that true? It is true. Wow. Yes, it's true. Yeah, I mean, he's not well bathed, but there's sort of a rakish charm there. It's that McConaughey thing. Yeah, exactly. He's a McConaughey. Hook him, hook him horns, baby. <laughs> The the team of investigators on four horses rides very ceremoniously across the railroad bridge, trampling over Maxwell Posey's body, breaking his neck one more time. <laughs> and it's a little bit of time has passed. It's probably Where was the folion? It's probably <laughs> It takes takes Play a little while to pull things up. Rapid succession. <laughs> <laughs> this is every horse walking over Posey's neck. <laughs> I got something back there. I gotta ride my horse back five feet and go get it. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and then oh, he goes wait. forward. Look, there's dandelions. I wanna go look at them closer. <laughs> okay, I'm really coming back for real now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's actually no more bone to break. <laughs> and we're moving on to cartilage. <laughs> I reckon that went further off the rails than Maxwell Posey himself. Nonetheless, the party sets forth single file. Their horses already huffing in the heat of day, our five investigators creep toward a landscape washed out by a white hot sun. Echoes in the dry wind blowing in from the north carry bad omens from Olvido. So am I going with him or? <laughs> Who's talking? <laughs> Who is that? Wait, he's got to ride over here. He's going to walk over the neck again. It's, it's me. It's me. It's your boy, Lance. <laughs> Lance, you, uh, you stated that you were going to go exact revenge on Colin Brock's gang. So I believe that uh, you are going. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I'm fucking crying. And then... Uh, 
I don't even know. That was. <laughs> you look back, and and one of the beams from the bridge has fallen on the poor Maxwell Posey. <laughs> All right, so we are in some ways ready for the next session. So, <laughs> all right, with, let's start right now. Yeah, let's. With, <laughs> yeah, this is fun as shit. I love this. Thank you for listening to our first ever episode of Ain't Slayed Nobody. I would personally like to thank Chuck, Jay, Alex, Wes, and Brandon, our fearless investigators, and Will Bazer for his help with story development and all kinds of useful feedback. Thanks to Chaosium Inc. for Call of Cthulhu and Down Darker Trails. And most importantly, thank you to my wife and all of our family members for making time for us to put this show together. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. We are Ain't Slayed on all platforms. Subscribe and please review the show. Visit us at AintSlaidNobody.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. I'm Cuppy Cup. Thank you, and good luck out there. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium in the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Newly promoted Inquisitor Lucius Valentine has received visions of the death of the immortal God Emperor. With few options before him, he teams up with hive-bred criminal siblings Lyric and Alto. Together, they must defeat a cabal of shadowy foes to save the Emperor and the Imperium. Can this trio of unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? The Emperor is going to die in a year. My job is to make sure the Emperor doesn't die. Because if the Emperor dies, the Astronomicon goes out. And the only thing keeping the Imperium alive is the fact that we have a very large navy and a very large army and space marines, and they shoot everyone. It's delightful. Praise the Emperor. Thanks for that. But if the Astronomicon goes out, we have no navy, we have no ability to defend ourselves, and the Xenos and Chaos will overrun us instantly, because there will be no defense. So every planet will turn out like Galen's glory? And that would be the best case scenario. Which is why we need to keep the emperor on his throne. I spit in my palm and put my hand out for a handshake. Am I supposed to do something in return? Is this, I'm sorry, I just don't know what this is. Alto's like, yeah, like this. He spits in his hand and puts it out towards you as well. Then I spit in both palms and shake their hands separately. <laughs> we have an inquisitorial band. Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now.